There's simply no better place to get all the news on the Big Ten Conference than with Big Ten Ben Stevens and the Locked On Big Ten Podcast. Follow the Locked On Big Ten Podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. On today's episode of Locked On Spartans, just me, solo Will, trying to figure it out because um, Matt cheating on me. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Spartans. It is Friday, June 4th, the year is 2021. Sometimes I forget what day it is. You guys, honestly, I'm still at a point. Who the hell knows? Who the hell knows what day it is anytime ever? It's a year has passed since a year plus, a year and a month since we had our first child in the Hunter household. And it it has felt like six weeks. I don't know where the time went. Anyway, it's Friday, June 4th, the year's 2021. I'm your host, Will Hunter. I'm not joined by my co-host Matt Sheehan, who uh I don't know. Him and I are going to have to have a, a hard discussion. Tough talk coming between me and me and little Matt Sheehan because instead, instead of doing his job, which is this, this podcast that he gets paid for, he decided that he needed to go on Spiro Avenue, a competitor of ours, a rival Michigan State, although he does Detroit and Michigan and, and other stuff too, I guess. A rival podcast. Can you believe it? Can you believe the audacity of that man going on a different show just because they have a nice studio and a bunch of cool sports memorabilia and a life-size Paul Bryant, or not Paul Bryant, <laughs> Paul Bunyan trophy. Got my Bear Bryant, Paul, Paul Bunyan stuff mixed up. Just because they have a life-size Paul Bunyan trophy in the studio. Can't make time for me. Can't make time for the money. I see how it is, Matt. I know you're listening to this, buddy. And you're on thin ice. Thin ice. This is the second time in like two months that Sheehan has (laughs) skipped this podcast to go on a different one. Last time... It was a drunk history college basketball edition, so we went and got shit-faced, talked about the 2014 Michigan State basketball season, which wasn't even a noteworthy season. They went to the Elite Eight, whatever, had some good players, probably could have done better. I'm sick and tired of the disrespect. Anyway, on today's show, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about why I think this next month for Mel Tucker might just be the most important month of his entire Michigan State tenure, and then I'm going to lean heavily on you guys with some listener emails to take me into the weekend. That's the plan for today's show. Reminded to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. You can find Locked On Spartans wherever you get your podcast. We do this in season every single day, five days a week, out of season, which we are now three days a week. That's right, three shows a week. Matt can't be bothered to make all three of them. Skipped out Sunday night, couldn't do a Monday show, had to push it, skipped out, Spiro Ave, Thursday night. What is this guy doing? What is he, who the hell, who do you think you are, I am, huh? 
Anyway, five days a week, part of the Lockdown Podcast. Network your team every single day. So it's no secret that college football recruiting um, is in a very crucial time right now. Uh, Starting the beginning of June, visits were opened up. The dead period, the 15-month, that's crazy, 15-month dead period finally ended. And for the first time since taking over Michigan State, outside of a a two-week brief period where he was hiring a staff, uh, hiring sort of the front office personnel people, trying to get everything in place, trying to move, trying to move his family, figuring all that stuff out. Since those two weeks where he was allowed to have people on campus before the pandemic shut everything down, Mel Tucker finally can open up his doors at the Michigan State football campus to recruits. And they've got a bunch of guys coming in. Committed players have been taking uh, official visits. There's a huge list of guys who are either committed to other schools or uncommitted uh, in general uh, right now that are going to be taking official visits over the next handful of weeks. There is a weekend set aside here in a couple weeks that is going to be, uh, as Justin Thin told us, Justin does great work, SpartanTailgate.com, told us on Wednesday's show that it looks like it's going to be kind of a smaller, big prospect, un, um, unpublicized camp type thing where they're going to get some big names in the in the recruiting class, big star rating guys uh, on the campus in a smaller, more you know like personal vibe. Try to really put a put a full court press on them, roll out the red carpet. Um, you know, similar to what they did when they brought Hamp Fay in. He was. Back in uh, 2020, one of the very first visitors, they had been recruiting him at Colorado, and they brought him in, rolled out a red carpet, had staff members giving him a round of applause when he walked in the door and really sort of put a, uh, pardon the the pun, put put a blitz on him. Like, hey, you're important. We're putting all this effort and attention to you. And you can only do that if you have a small amount of players in and you reserve those type of events for higher end prospects because that's what other schools are doing for them. So you got all those official visits coming up for the 2022 kids. And then there's a bunch of highly rated, highly rated 2023s from the state, from the region, from all over the country that are going to be coming to Michigan State over the next four, five, six weeks. And so I think these next six weeks, we'll call it, a month and a half, are the most important for Mel Tucker and his era at Michigan State. If it's going to be successful, they need to have a really great six weeks. And that doesn't necessarily mean, like, you got to come out of this with, like, eight new commits, seven or four stars, a five-star, a couple three-stars. I know the math doesn't work out, but you don't have to go on a run here where you're just ripping down top 300 recruits every other day. It'd be nice to come out of this. I mean, kids are going to be taking a ton of visits and, you know, if they're doing their their visits and Michigan State is among them, a lot of these kids are going to want to start deciding here, um, 
it's very popular to, to commit somewhere before your senior year. And, you know, the official visit process is a big part of that. You take your five visits. A couple weeks later, you think on it and you're like, all right, here's my top teams. Here's what I'm thinking. All right, let's make a decision as July, August rolls around. Let's get this out of the way and get focused on having a good senior season, trying to go win a state championship or, or whatever. So we could see some commits coming in uh, in the next six to eight weeks, and that would be great. But I don't think that is necessarily like the A number one thing here. What I am hoping, and I'm sure they're focusing on this, but what I am sort of referring to is getting not just the players, but the support staff people, the coaches, advisors, person X, parents, whatever, just getting people into the facilities to meet Tucker, to meet his staff, to see the facilities, to see what's changed. Because a lot of coaches, Castex coach, um, I think it's this week, whatever, this weekend, next weekend, at some point is going to come visit with one of his uh, highly ranked recruits who Michigan State is recruiting. Of course, Castex and any Detroit school has had a presence at Michigan State. They've visited. The coaches have been there. They've seen the facilities. They know it. They've watched Michigan State on TV. They know all about it. But they haven't met Mel Tucker. They Maybe they have, but they haven't really gotten to feel him out a ton. I'm going to pause here for a second. I'm going to come right back. Pick up right where I left off because I'm I'm out of time on this segment and I gotta go. But first word from Bill Bar. Bill Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. We all know that. They've got nine delicious flavors, plus the occasional time limit occasional limited time flavor like the grasshopper cookie ones that are coming out. They go so hard. But those nine base flavors, coconut, coconut, almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie double chocolate, and salted caramel. So there is something for everyone. Mine uh, of that base group, mine is the peanut butter brownie, my favorite. It's a great flavor. And peanut butter brownie, great on their own. Absolutely fantastic when they're mixed together. And if you haven't tried all the flavors and you want to sort of mix it up, see if you like this one, maybe you don't like this one, get a better vibe for all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you get 18 bars to each of the nine base flavors. And not only are these bars delicious on your taste buds, they are delicious on your body. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. You are just not going to beat those numbers. So order today, get that raspberry or mint brownie or whatever you like. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCK15. And you'll get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BillBart.com. Okay, so Mel Tucker, picking up where I left off, has met a lot of these coaches. Whether it's Zoom, whether it's um, uh, a quick meeting a few years ago when he was recruiting a player uh, as the defensive coordinator at Georgia. You know, there's been interactions. It's, it's the football community. It's a big one, but it's also small. A lot of people know each other, and Mel Tucker knows a lot of people. It's very well connected within this environment. And they've been doing a lot of outreach. They've done, you know, like online Zoom sessions. Let's meet the Detroit coaches. Let's do some 
camp type stuff with the coaches. Uh, it's very common practice in college football. Uh, an offensive coordinator will host a quick film session for local high school coaches, show them some tricks like, hey, this is a way we're modifying split zone to get a better angle on the, the cut block, uh, cutback, whatever. That, that sort of the, the minutia of it, right? The sort of like, here's what we're doing up in college that's working for us. Maybe you can take some of that back to your program, to your high school program. And that's all about relationship building, growing the game, um, making sure those coaches know like, hey, this guy's pretty damn sharp. So you want to do those sort of things, but there's only so much you can do through a computer, right? They haven't had the chance in Michigan to do these things where a group of 30 high school football coaches are in a conference room and Jay Johnson's up at the front of the room going through how they teach uh, the fundamentals on inside zone, right? Just as an, a random example, they haven't had really the chance to do that. And so you're missing the handshakes, you're missing small talk, you're missing uh, feeling a person out, trying to get their vibe, trying to see where do they come from, what are they about, what's their philosophy, what's their approach. And that uh, is crucially important when it comes to recruiting because these are 15, 16, 17-year-old kids in high school making a massive, massive decision and no high school football recruit makes it on their own. Their parents, their families are always involved. Their coaches are going to be involved. They have uh, an advisor, an outside advisor, maybe uh, another family member who's gone through the process, an older brother, a cousin, an uncle, whatever, who played uh, football at some level, like there's going to be plenty of people giving advice to these young men and you need to not just connect with the kids. Of course, the kids hopefully have the ultimate say of where they go. But like we can just look back at Michigan State, remember what it was like recruiting Malik McDowell when his mom didn't want him to go to Michigan State. That became a whole saga. And so it's not just about recruiting the kids. It's about recruiting their support system, their family, their coaches, there are people who are close and advising them. So getting not just the players in, but getting those coaches in, like the Cast Tech coach, like the Belleville coach, like the West Bloomfield coach, name a program, get all of them, high school football coaches in Michigan, getting them to Michigan State so they can actually meet with Tucker, meet with the offensive coaches, meet with the defensive coaches, feel them out, get their vibe, understand you know their philosophies, how they're establishing culture, all that because those two weeks that Tucker had at MSU, they brought some people in that West Bloomfield was in with multiple players and coaches. But like, let's be honest, that meeting the, or those visits that they happened right, and then immediately everything was totally shut down, and then a year and a half passed. I don't know how impactful something like that it, it, it's almost like it's a second chance at a first impression for any any of these coaches uh who have met mel who have been at msu who've seen the facilities who were either here for that two-week stretch or familiar with the d'antonio era it's like this is a new chance to sort of present to everyone in the state 
the region. There's national people coming in. Um, Premier Sports, I think it is, out in California. They bring guys out. We're here for the spring game. Like it's, this is a second chance. It's not even a second chance. Like it's a redo of a first impression because of the pandemic. Things got so screwed up that this is going to be, in a weird way, sort of the start of the Mel Tucker recruiting era at Michigan State because so many impactful and important recruiting things happen face-to-face. And yeah, Tucker was the head coach at Colorado, and Tucker was a DC at Georgia, and he was at Alabama, Ohio State. Like He's been all over in college football. But this is the first time a lot of people are going to meet him as the head coach at Michigan State. And that's what he is right now. That's what he's recruiting as. He is recruiting not as Kirby Smart's defensive coordinator, not as Nick Saban's defensive backs coach. He is recruiting as his own head coach, if that even makes sense, as the head coach for his own program. And that matters. That is is a different way. It's a different form of recruiting. It's a different, like you're going to be, he's going to be the same guy. He's going to have the same sort of, mantras that he has but it it's a difference it's a big difference when you're the defensive coordinator or a defensive backs coach to the head coach like you are the last and final stop right you are the one who has the most influence on getting a recruit to commit position coaches of course matter coordinators of course matter recruiting staff on campus of course matters video digital teams they of course matter but the ones who had the most say are the head coaches. And if Mel Tucker is going to be successful at Michigan State, yes, the transfers are going to help bridge gaps. They're going to help plug holes that are on a roster that needed talent. And that's why they went so heavily into it this year. But if he's going to be as successful as he wants to be at Michigan State, the high school recruiting has to get better, not just what it was last year, but it has to be better than it was during the D'Antonio era because it was, you know, they recruited as a top 25 to 30 team pretty average, pretty consistently, and they hit peaks that teams like that, that recruit like that just don't hit often, ever. It was it was a bit fluky, and not to discredit anything from not fluky in the sense that they got lucky, Fluky in the sense that it's really hard to repeat. That's not a basket I want a ton of eggs thrown into. I would rather throw my eggs into the basket of let's get a crap ton of talent and see how it works out. Let's see if we can coach up some four stars and five stars. Let's let's go that route. So if he wants to get the program back to those heights, the most likely scenario is by jumping into the top 15 and recruiting, pulling in the number 17 class, pulling in the number 12 class, pulling in the number 14 class in three consecutive years. Then you can get to a point like, hey, maybe we can get a top 10 class, but it has to start with the high school recruiting. Got to get results on the field, obviously, and that we'll see. That'll come with time. Going to throw out the records from last year for the most part. But that sort of stuff, being able to build on a foundation, to lay a foundation and then build on it, it starts with getting good at getting good high school football players. Getting good at getting good high school football players. 
And this this next six-week stretch, this next eight-week stretch is going to be massive for that because if they can bring these coaches in, bring these players in, bring all these different uh, guys who run camps, guys who run seven-on-seven off-season teams, right? There's all sorts of, in in high school uh, football prospect, like there are traveling, they're almost like uh, club baseball teams. They'll form groups for seven-on-seven tournaments. They'll form group for groups for camps, and it's the same people in charge. Players come through, and they go to college, and then the next batch of players come through. But the guys in charge, the, the guys and women in charge, stay that. They stay that way. It's like a, it's like a high school coach just staying at a program. So getting to connect with those people, getting to connect with local coaches, regional coaches, national coaches, getting them into fully understand in person. What does Michigan State football look like under Mel Tucker is massive. And if they just knock it out of the park with everyone over the next month and a half, two months, that is going to pay dividends quickly and then down the road as well. It's going to keep on going. You want these people, these coaches, families, support staff, you want them leaving campus saying, we need our kids at Michigan State. Maybe it's not the 2022 kids. Maybe it's not the 23s, but the 24s. Maybe it's not this player. Maybe it's this next player. They've already got a quarterback, so they'll need one in two years. Like, you know, everyone has different wants, needs. Things got to line up. But you want those people leaving campus saying, we need to get our players here. We need them playing for Mel Tucker. And I think this next six to eight week stretch where he's going to camps, People are coming to him. It's like that second first impression. It is absolutely massive. All right, let's pause here. We will come right back and finish out with a listener email or two. But first, a word from betonline.ag. Come on and bet money. Just for she. And I got to practice because if I'm going to kick him off the podcast, someone's got to do it. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. With the promo code LOCKDOWN, one word LOCKDOWN, get that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, we're going to close this show out with a hypothetical for Mike Hagen, or from Mike Hagen. Emailed us, LockdownSpartans at gmail.com. Please continue, even though we're down to three episodes a week, we still need your help. We need your help. So please email us, LockdownSpartans at gmail.com. Mike writes, here's a wishful thinking but unrealistic hypothetical for the MSU basketball team. Two scholarship spots remaining. We've presumably shored up our point guard spot. Sprott? Spot with the addition of Tyson Walker. Conventional wisdom is we need either another shooter or another big man. If Izzo only gets to use one of those scholarships this year. So instead of two, you get one, but, but he gets to fill it with one of the two 
following former players in their current NBA form do you pick either Bryn Forbes or Xavier Tillman? No eligibility concerns with other and no other former players are available instead. So I get to add either Bryn Forbes or Xavier Tillman in their current NBA form. Um, I do agree with Mike that the the two needs kind of like there's a lot of bodies in the Michigan State front court right now. I'm not sure if I mean I'm I'm a big Marcus Bingham fan. I think the advanced numbers speak very well of Mark well of Marcus Bingham. Um, I, I think his defensive impact is absolutely outstanding in terms of rim protection, block percentage, all that. But I don't think there's like a complete solid guy in the front court right now that we all sort of feel comfortable about. We like Bingham's defense. We like Joey Hauser's shooting, right? We like Marble's toughness. We like the upside of Mati Sissoko. There's not like a single body in the front court, single guy in the front court that you're like, yep, lock it in. You're locked into the center. You're our starting power forward. We're going to play you 30 minutes. You're the guy. Conversely, with a wing, with a shooter, like there's there's a real chance this team could lack shooting. Gabe Brown, you would think, should be fine. Max Christie can come in and maybe, like it's tough for freshmen. He's super talented. He's a five-star kid. We saw Gary Harris, who uh, Max Christie's been compared to a decent amount. We saw him come in and, and have a positive impact right away. Maybe Christie can sort of have that level. Tyson Walker can shoot it a bit. There's other guys that can shoot it, but like I don't know. There's there's a definite real chance that this team just doesn't shoot it well from deep. So yeah, adding another sort of wingy type guy who can shoot, someone like Bryn Forbes. Those are those are the two spots that you would look for. As for which one I would take, I mean I love Forbes. I love what he's become at the NBA. If you haven't seen him recently, he's now jacked. <laughs> he's like gone through a, an NBA body transformation. Um, he still doesn't really hang well defensively, but that's, you know, it's the NBA. It's hard to uh, hang defensively. And he's such a good shooter. So good to spacing. So important on the offensive end that he's still carved out a role, an important role on one of the three, four best teams in the NBA, a team that could very easily be in the NBA Finals this year in Milwaukee. And he played in San Antonio under Popovich, and that's just an encyclopedia of basketball knowledge. You would think he's picked some things up, playing for Pop, playing for Izzo. You know he's going to be smart, do the right thing, be in the right place, even if defensively it's not always the best. And let's face it, the, uh, the level of offensive competition in college, not quite what it is at the NBA, so his defense not really a concern for me at the collegiate level. All that said, though, and, it, and his shooting is phenomenal. He's one of the best shooters in the NBA, one of the best floor spacers in the NBA. All that said, I'm still going Tillman. <sighs> Cash just got all the headlines, deservedly so, was the conference player of the year. All the accolades, assist king, Everything, all deserved, but Xavier Tillman might have been just the all-around best player on those Michigan State teams. Even the 2019 team that he only started for a handful of games and Cassius was just out of his mind. Like What Xavier Tillman does 
to your basketball team is so significant. He anchors the entire defense. He's so smart back there. He is strong around the rim, even against guys that are bigger than him. Luka Garza, Kofi Coburn, right? Oturu. In the NBA, it's a little different, right? Joel Embiid's a little bit different of an animal <laughs> at center. Carl Anthony Towns, a little bit different uh, skill set than you're used to dealing with. But he, I still think eventually, once he sort of gets settled in the NBA, he's going to be totally fine defensively against guys that are quote-unquote mismatches. But he is so smart. He's in the right place. He's the type of guy like Draymond Green who in a couple of years, is going to be quarterbacking defenses, is going to be setting everything up, is going to be covering up for so many warts of his teammates defensively with rotations, weak side help, like just collapsing in on a guy and like, you know, and your guy's about to beat you. I see what's happening here. I'm coming in and I'm stopping this before it happens because I know, I know what's going to happen. He's got that smart anticipation uh, skill level. There was a play earlier in the year where he um, pushed his teammate like into a screen to sort of blow up an offensive play and give him the proper space to make a rotation like it was it was like next level veteran stuff and I just remember uh, basketball film guys NBA film guys like this dude can't be a rookie this he's too smart to be a rookie like yeah he played three years in college but it's a different animal in the NBA. It's like almost a totally different sport. And for him to be able to do these veteran savvy moves to be so smart on that side of the floor already, like I think just the sky's the limit for him on that side of the floor. And offensively, you know, he doesn't do the superstar stuff, step back threes, like beating guys off the bounce, going ISO, whatever. He's never going to do that sort of stuff, but his shooting has gotten better at Memphis. They've trusted him to take NBA threes and he's going to keep getting better. And he's just so good at little winning things screen setting uh keeps the ball moving right he's not a ball stopper he can make nice little passes uh in the dribble handoff game and it's something that as he continues to progress in Memphis it's just going to keep getting better and better and he's going to be a guy that's going to play in the NBA for a long time because he's so smart and he's just a total winning player and the impact he had on Michigan State's like net rating was absurd. His on-off numbers were absolutely crazy. And so I think you drop him in to this Michigan State team and you've got between him and Bingham like just an absolutely elite defensive front court and that's what you build around. I don't know if adding Bryn Forbes does enough to like give Michigan State an offense that is, hey, we can compete for a national title with this offense, but you put Tillman on the back end next to Bingham, um, it's you're not going to find a better defensive front court in the country, and it's going to be one of the better defensive college front courts that college basketball has had in, in a long time. And yeah, you, I think you just build that way. You put the you put Tillman in the front court, you anchor everything around him. You have Bingham's long arms, and then you can throw length all over the place with Brown and Christie's a long guy in the wings as well. Yeah, that that's the way that I'm probably going to go because I think Tillman just impacts so many different levels uh, of basketball on both sides of the floor. And is just such a contributor to winning. Uh, and I, I'm just an absolute huge fan of his as well. So I'm taking Tillman. All right. That's going to do it for us here on Locked on Spartans. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for your emails. Locked on Spartans at gmail.com. We'll be back next week, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday is the, 
tentative schedule for the rest of the summer. We'll sort of see how things go, play it by ear, and we will always like update you when we are going to do a Wednesday show or a Friday show instead of a Thursday show. But plan for Monday, Tuesday, Thursday for the next couple of months. Rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. You can find Locked On Spartans wherever you get your podcast. You, you can also find Locked On Today, the wonderful 20-minute podcast with Peter Bukowski updating you on all the latest news in every major sport. With the help of our local experts, you can find Locked On Today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. That'll do it for us. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you on Monday. Go Green!